the Sonic Cinema Production Podcast. Welcome back to the Sonic Cinema Production Podcast. I'm Jack Ward. You know, I love Christmas almost as much as many people my age love Halloween. I, I seem to have a number of stories in my head for this giving season, and if the muse gods are kind, I'll have a full feature Christmas story out this month on Mutual Stage. In the meantime, I'd love to share with all of you my adaptation of a classic O. Henry story. You know, I love Gift of the Magi, but it's so narrative I had to come up with a framing device so that it was less an audiobook and much more of an audio drama. I hope you enjoy it. Let's have a listen now, shall we? The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. The Christmas Wreath The Gift of the Magi by O. Henry Adapted by Jack J. Ward There is a time of year when all things are possible and in the darkest, coldest places in the world love shines brightly. Welcome to the Christmas Wreath. On a cobblestone street, in a worn and fading neighborhood, in a city not so very long ago, a man in his late fifties enters the door of Madame Sofroni's shop. Madame Sofroni? Please, please, uh, come in. Mr. Wilkins? Yes, that's right, from Wilkins Jewelry. Well, I am honored that you have come yourself. It is the holiday season. Well, never you mind. And you brought, well, it looks like a doctor's bag? It certainly contains all the necessary instruments. You said it was an emergency. Uh, Yes, over here, Mr. Wilkins, uh, by the hallway to the upstairs. Oh, goodness. That's a beautiful grandfather clock. 19th century? Yes, Mr. Wilkins. Well-preserved pine. French, by the looks of things. Yes, Mr. Wilkins. Ah, the cable pulleys are out of alignment. That's why your pendulum bob has stopped. Will it cost much? It shouldn't. Nor should it take too much time. Time? (laughs) What a wonderful joke. My clock will not take too much time to repair. Perhaps we could wind this up soon. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well done. Um, will you be open much longer? On Christmas? <laughs> I doubt I'll have any more customers today. Uh, let me just lock up and it'll be just us. It is a beautiful clock, Madame Sofrony, but I'm confused as to why you said it was an emergency. I'm happy to repair, but is there a reason this could not have waited till after the holiday? People are strange, Mr. Wilkins. Are we not? We are. Human beings, I mean. The things we possess, and the things that possess us. They aren't always the same, but they do always say something about the owner. As you say. 
people come to my house, this shop at the front, and see my magnificent wigs. Wigs I make from the coiffure of my clients, hair from all over the city, from outside the provinces, locks of all sizes, all textures, all shapes, delicate tresses as yellow as the sun, thick coarse mane as dark and mysterious as the night, chestnut psyllium like the memories of childhood, umber down like innocent laughter, silken graying braids of wisdom. They are all voices to me. Each wig needs fitting with the proper customer. Yes, yes, you have a very fine collection of wigs, madam. They remind me of a long line of barristers. <laughs> barristers? How droll. A collection, yes. And each one that I sell, well, it's a little sacrifice to let go. May I show you the latest prize of my collection? Is, uh, is that a roast I smell in the kitchen? I've not had time to make the wig. I just received this treasure. There's a worn cable quite far up the body. It's, it's amazing how easily untended things are forgotten. I may need some help reaching it. Forgive the velvet display tray. It is all I have to show. Oh, is this the most beautiful carton of rust you've ever seen? Yes, the hair is a truly beautiful brown colour. Brown is certainly the base, but the highlights, the tones, a copper gliding to each lovely hair. Do you see the fineness? A wig from this hair will be the envy of any lady in the town. Yes, an autumnal blend. Could you pass me the small pair of pliers? The pliers? The, the ones with the, the tapered ends. Oh, yeah, yes, th- yes, right yeah, here. Thank you. You have lovely hands and so warm, Mr. Wilkins. Yes, um, thank you. Oh, you needn't be embarrassed. I'm sure your hands are used to all kinds of delicate work. Autumnal blend. You have a way with words, Mr. Wilkins. Selling jewellery is an art as much as a mercantile profession, madam. That's got it. But the story of this hair is part of its charm. Story? It's all part of possessions and sacrifice. The woman who I purchased this lovely hair from lives in the neighbourhood. Do you know the Dillingham Youngs? Not as such. Could you pass me my bag? I I think I have a cable just the right coarseness. Certainly. Uh, Do you know why she had to sell her hair before Christmas, no less? Why? Here. Yes, uh, this cable should do nicely. Uh, Well, it all began when Dallor Dillingham Young came into my shop. She was like a lost puppy. Or uh, maybe a cat. Yes, that's it. She was more nervous, like a cat. And like a cat, she was slender and beautiful and... (laughs) She nearly talked my ear off with her troubles. Dearest, you're coming in on Christmas Eve. 
but I was about to close for the day. In fact, if I didn't see you staring at the sign through the window... I'm sorry, Madame Sofroni. I heard you buy... Buy, sell. We are the bazaar of humanity at Madame Sofroni's hair goods of all kinds. How much? How much? For you? Oh, my darling child. A coif such as yours? Why, the Queen of Sheba herself would be jealous of such long locks. That's what Jim always says. Jim? A suitor, perhaps? Oh, much more. Well, he's my husband. But... But much more. You know then. Oh, my dove, I wasn't always the empress of this shop, surrounded by my weak citizenry. No, I was young once, too, and in love. Such things are... No, but uh, you are here for business. Uh, Let me have a look at you. Could you remove your hat so I can view the full vista? Oh, uh, of course. Eighteen dollars. Really? Oh, tush, not a penny less. It is Christmas, is it not? And your gym deserves a present, no? The very best. Well, you see, he worked so very hard, and the money, it's not as much as it once was. Times are tough, my dear. Times are very tough. Uh, Please, have a seat in this chair. I promise it won't take long. We need to have you off before the shops close, I think. Uh, Do you have a present in mind? Oh, yes. Uh, You see, Jim, uh, James, well, he works long hours, as I said, and he has this lovely gold pocket watch that was his father's and his father's father before that. You don't say. Oh, it's a beautiful watch, but it has this faded leather strap, and I've watched him. Sometimes around company, he's, well, he's a little embarrassed to have such a beautiful watch with such a worn strap. He'll glance at it on the sly, you see. And you have a new strap to buy. Oh, even better than that, madam. I found this absolutely enchanting platinum fob chain. And can you afford this wonderful chain? Almost. Almost? The tag on it says $21 with the tax in. I have a little money I put away, some pennies here, some nickels there. You see, Jim never saves anything for himself. He has such an old suit he wears to work each day and cleans the best he can for the next use. But, I'm sorry, I do go on. (laughs) Please tell me of your Christmas. Uh, What are your plans? My dear... Christmas is a glorious day for everyone. And I, too, will spend it counting my blessings. I always make a roast. I have ever since my father and I would spend each Christmas Eve together. (sighs) There are so many leftovers nowadays. Leftovers, I see. You see, I, too, have a timepiece as precious to me as your Jim's pocket watch. See that grandfather clock in the main hall? Its constant metronome reminds me of my father. For it was his as well. The grandfather clock? You can see it from almost everywhere in the house. 
Yes. It's so impressive. Oh, please don't turn your head just yet. Thank you, Dove. It is the heartbeat of my memories of my father. This was once his shop, you see. And he came from the old country and showed me the ways of mounting hair and keeping it sheen. And all day long, though he's been gone, I'm reminded of the tempo of his work when I watched him from a stool. Since I was five. Oh, he sounds wonderful. He was everything to me. And I still remember how he wound the clock every day, just before bed, as if he would have crafted it himself. Although it's funny we think of the clock as a grandfather, he was not, you know, ever a grandfather himself. But though he's left me now, so many years ago, I wind his clock every evening as he did before bed, and I drift off into the most wonderful dreams of my childhood through its steady ticking and the music of his hourly chimes. So, you see, my father and I will spend Christmas together again this year. Oh. Voila, you are done. Just let me brush off the small missteps of my cuttings. All finished, my dove. Uh, just a moment. Let me put your treasure someplace safe, and I'll return with your money. Thank you. Thank you for not closing. I don't know what I'd do as it is. I will have to bargain with the shopkeeper <laughs> for gems. Here you are, Mrs. Della. Uh, Mrs. James Billingham Young. But please call me Della. Of course, dear. You will come back sometime and see my wigs? Of course. Wait. Wait, this is too much. You've given me... Twenty dollars, Mrs. Dillingham Young. But you said eighteen. I said not a penny less. Your hair is worth so much more. As is Jim. Go, child. Go get his enchanting fob chain. And wish him a Merry Christmas from me. Merry Christmas, Madame Safroni. <laughs> oh, Merry Christmas. Joyeux Noël, dear girl. Jim is a very lucky man to be so loved. Did you say Mr. James Dillingham Young? That's what Mrs. Deller said. I know him. Uh, could you pass me the, the small screwdriver from my bag? You know him? Uh, Jim? Uh, uh, Mr. Dillingham Young? Uh, here. Ah, yes, yes, thank you. Well, what's he like? Who? Oh, uh, Mr. Dillingham Young. Why, uh, well, he's a, a fine fellow, really. Uh, quiet, kind enough. A well-worn suit, as you had said. Handsome enough in one of those... Hard-working ways. Much like I imagined Bob Cratchit might have been. You don't say. And what was, if you don't mind me asking, the occasion of your meeting? Oh, um, if I remember correctly, he purchased something for his wife. A late present for her, too. Oh, what was it? Oh, you must tell me, Mr. Wilkins, please. I will be ever so grateful. Ah. <sighs> I'm I'm very sorry, madam. I'm I'm afraid it was a very busy day at the store. Of course. 
On Christmas Day Eve, of course. It's strange how our businesses have weaved in and out of the affairs of two strangers in love. Forgive me, Mr. Wilkins. I'm just so very invested in the outcome of that particular couple. Do you remember young love, Mr. Wilkins? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I haven't had... Then you must trust me, Mr. Wilkins. Young love is everything. And if you marry your love, you remain young forever, you see? No time could possibly mark that passage. It remains as perfect as the morning sunrise, as eternal as the golden moon lowering over the river. Oh, just imagine it, Mr. Wilkins. Imagine? The, the moon? <laughs> no, you hopelessly romantic man. Imagine being a fly on a wall at the flat of the James Dillingham Youngs. Oh, you should see the streets, Del. People all rushing about. Snow doesn't stop them. The slush from the traffic doesn't stop them. Trundlings with bundlings, Harry said at the office. <laughs> ah, it's amazing anyone can get what they want. Well, just relax, dear. I'm cooking some chops and string beans. It'll be a lovely Christmas dinner. A better time could not be had, my dear. I... Jim? Del, your hair. Oh, I thought you might notice. I thought I was a Coney Island chorus girl when I first looked in the mirror. I've spent the whole last hour curling it. What do you think? But your... your hair. I look a little like a truant schoolboy, don't I? <laughs> but... why? Oh, darling, can't you tell... Please don't look at me that way. I've had my hair cut off and sold because I couldn't have lived through Christmas without giving you a present. It, it'll grow out again. You won't mind, will you? I just had to do it. My hair grows awfully fast. Say, say Merry Christmas, Jim, and let's be happy. You don't know what a nice, what a beautiful, nice gift I've got for you. You... you... you've cut off your hair? Cut it off and sold it. Don't you like me just as well anyhow? I'm me without my hair, ain't I? Your hair is gone? <laughs> Don't look for it, darling. My hair is nowhere left here. It's sold, I tell you. Sold and gone, too. It's Christmas Eve, boy. Be good to me, for it went for you. Maybe the hairs of my head were numbered, but nobody could ever count my love for you. Is that... is that my present? What? Oh, oh, yes. I. Please don't make any mistake about me, Del. I, I don't think there's anything in the way of a haircut or a shave or a shampoo that could make me like my girl any less. But if you'll unwrap this package, you may see why you had me going a while at first. 
Oh, Jim. They're those jeweled and tortoiseshell combs for your hair. Remember? You saw them in Wilkins Jewelers that Saturday we went walking. I remember. Oh, Jim, they're beautiful. Oh, come here, my husband. Come hug your truant schoolboy. <laughs> oh. Oh! Oh! Della, where are you going? One second. Are the chops burned? Nope, I turned them off when you came. Here. What? Guess which hand. The right one? <laughs> the right one indeed. <laughs> Here, Jim darling. Merry Christmas. Oh, it's beautiful. What? It's a chain and titanium fob for your watch. Oh, it's beautiful, Della. What a beautiful chain. Isn't it a dandy, Jim? It's funny, I found it at Wilkins, too. Wouldn't that have just beat the band if we both were in there at the same... Love. You'll have to look at the time a hundred times a day now. Del. Give me your watch. I want to see how it looks on it. Della. What is it? Don't, don't you like it, Jim? Oh. Let's put our Christmas presents away and keep them a while, huh? They're too nice to use right now. And I just want this moment with you to last. You see, I I sold the watch to get the money to buy your combs. So, now, <laughs> how about I help you with supper? Oh, Jim. I love you. I can just imagine Jim's face when he sees the titanium fob. What do you think he got Della? Well, I, I told you it was busy. I, I wish I could remember. I didn't ask what he got her, Mr. Wilkins. I asked what you thought he got her. You see, imagination has no price tag. No time limit. Uh, I see. Well, do you have a key? Key? Why would she need a key? Not for Della, for you. A key to wind the clock. I think we're ready to give your grandfather's clock, your father's clock, a try. Oh, goodness, of of course. Oh, one moment, oh, one moment, my dear Mr. Wilkins. I always keep the clock key in the dining room drawer here for safekeeping. One must always remember where one keeps one's treasures. There, you see? Isn't it beautiful? Shaped like a butterfly, which... Which... Which what? Oh, yeah, uh, nothing. Just... Just something my father used to call me. Here. Well, there he is. Your father's present now. I mean, clocks don't just measure time, but they keep us in the moment. In the moment. Christmases, past and present. Who would have thought, eh, Mr. Wilkins? The Magi, as we're told on Sunday, were wise men. Wonderfully wise men, 
who brought gifts to the babe in the manger. They invented the art of giving Christmas presents, you see. Oh yes, that's true. And being wise, their gifts were no doubt wise ones. And here, you have given me a beautiful present. Not a past, but a present moment reminding me of Christmas's past. And all I have done is lamely share with you the chronicles of a young girl who sacrificed her most precious gift, her beautiful hair for her husband. It's funny, isn't it? Sacrifices, I mean. It's not even Easter and we talk of what we sacrifice for others. You came here and sacrificed your own time away from your family to help my father's clock. It was no sacrifice, madam. I, uh, well, I live alone, you see. You do? You do? Well, we're both alone at Christmas. What do you think of that? (sighs) I have held you up long enough, I think. How much do I owe you? Well, it is rather blustery out tonight, and, well, I would ask if you'd be willing to trade with me instead of money. Trade? All I have is my wicks, my dear Mr. Wilkins. And you don't have real need of one of those. You have a lovely head of hair. Thank you, madam. But I was thinking, well, if you would do me the privilege, that is, I... Well, I I haven't eaten yet, and your roast smells wonderful. It's about time you asked, Mr. Wilkins. Please join me for dinner. As long as it's not an imposition. No imposition, I assure you, Mr. Wilkins. Ah. Madame Sofroni. Yes, Mr. Wilkins? Perhaps I should take my tools off your table and help you set it. Would you like to stoke the fire, Mr. Wilkins? I'd be happy to add more fuel to the fire, Madame. Luciana. I'm Kent. Kent. Merry Christmas. And whoever they are, wherever they are, they are the wisest. The gifts, like those from the Dillingham Youngs, or the gift of just sharing time together, such as Madame Sofroni and Mr. Wilkins. All who give of themselves are the wisest. All who give and receive gifts such as they are wisest. Everywhere. They are wisest. They are the Magi. Gift of the Magi is a classic Christmas tale from the great American writer O. Henry. Jack J. Ward adapted and created original material for this episode of The Christmas Wreath. Starring in the cast in order of appearance, Joe Stofko as your host, Erica Sanderson as Madame Safroni, David Alt as Mr. Wilkins, Tanya Milojevic as Della Dillingham-Young and Jeffrey Billard as Jim Dillingham-Young. Post-production and credits from yours truly, John Bell of Bells in the Battery. This performance is a sonic cinema production which is part of the Mutual Audio Network. All copyrights of this performance contained to the author. From all of us here at Mutual in the Sonic Cinema, may you have a very happy Christmas season and a wonderful new year.
Sonic Cinema production. Sonic Cinema Production.